Hi, I'm Deborah Dahl from Conversational Technologies. I think this month's question about missed opportunities in voice applications is really intriguing. There's so many possible applications of voice that haven't been tried yet. Maybe because lack of imagination, uh, lack of awareness about the capabilities of voice, or this could even be a consequence of current reliance on machine learning, which focuses on using data and deep learning techniques to solve known problems. But it's not so easy to apply if you have a new problem. Whatever the reason is, there are definitely a lot of missed opportunities, and I'm going to give you just one example. What about having voice assistants in retail stores? It can be pretty hard to find a human clerk in a lot of stores, and if you do find a human clerk, a lot of the time they're already helping someone else. And if all you need to know is, where is the exterior paint? It can be frustrating if the only clerk is already helping someone with an extensive remodeling project. A retail voice assistant would work well as a mobile app, at a kiosk, or even as a voice-only telephone call. Questions like, where is the exterior paint, or can you copy a key for me, can be answered with pretty basic speech and natural language technologies. But a retail voice assistant could actually evolve to do much more. It could not only tell you how to find things in the store, but it could also answer questions about products, tell you what's on sale, and even do some upsell. If you ask about the location of the exterior paint, the assistant could also ask if you need other painting supplies. And unfortunately, in these COVID times, you don't have to worry about social distancing from an app. I think retail assistant is a great opportunity with a lot of potential, and it's only one possibility. Hi, I'm Boyd Ford from Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. So this month's question is, where are the missing opportunities in voice? That is such an open-ended question, but I always like to start by saying, whatever you do in voice, start with the end in mind. All people are essentially people who want to be heard, but few focus on their voice or train their focus in on something specific enough to make a difference. That always leads me to ask, are you prepared? Do you know the real impact that you want to make? Who your real target audience is because a voice without an audience isn't heard. Think about this. The world is smaller than you think it is, not larger. Technology moves fast, but man makes no progress. Essentially, this means as people, we've not changed from what man was a thousand years ago in terms of behavior and how we act and how we react to things that happen in our lives. Everything you do is related to trying to figure out how not miss opportunities in voice uh, and, and that they should begin by knowing what your voice wants to accomplish, knowing the audience that you want to attract and influence before you take any action with your voice. Have a plan and a purpose with each action that you take. That's the real opportunity most people are missing in voice. So we all know that technology is here, it's moving fast, but our behavior is what holds us back. Have you really researched what it is you want to do, how it is you want to accomplish your goals with voice? If not, go back to the drawing board. Most battles are won before the first shot is fired. Where are you going? Know where you're going and speak. I'm Lloyd Ford from RainmakerPathway.com. Good luck.
Hi, this is Rebecca Evanho, co-author of the book Conversations with Things, UX Design for Voice and Chat. In my time as a conversation designer, I've worked with lots of companies who focus solely on trying to automate and even replace human labor. To me, that's really unimaginative. We could be using conversational technologies for much more creative and human-centered things. So a missed opportunity that I see is using conversational technologies to help people become better communicators. So we know that good conversation is hard and conversational products can help people practice hard things like giving speeches, job interviews, or negotiating. And there's a lot of opportunity to help people uh, with high stakes communication jobs um, be better at those jobs. So for example, there are people who are um, crisis staff hotline, like suicide counselors or rape response counselors. Um, those people have a really hard job and they have very important conversations. We could be using conversational technologies to help support them and train them so that um, they're even better at their jobs. So I'd love to see more applications where the goal is not to replace people, but to help them be better at serving each other. Jim Canelli, owner of Lotus Productions. We believe politicians and political parties and their super PACs underutilize voice opportunities on both local and national levels. Political consultants are keenly aware that there's no one line, no formula or approach that transcends voter uniqueness. We know that voice offers the adaptability to create stronger relationships. Voice encounters change us and encourage new ways of thinking. And so super PACs need to reach out in vertical ways that take deep dives into these tight voter communities, these small, passionate voting markets. And by adapting, by taking advantage of voice opportunities, they can hold on to their base and possibly influence voter change. Hi, this is Julia Anderson, and I'm a conversation designer who has often thought about this question of where voice is not being used and when it would be most helpful. With the increasing capabilities of artificial intelligence, there's a lot of opportunity to help two key groups of people, children and the elderly. In some ways, these two groups are a lot alike. They have not been exposed to graphical interfaces as often as other generations, may benefit from personalized feedback, and may use more accessibility features. Educating children through voice is a growing trend that conversational AI could greatly benefit. From practicing pronunciation, learning a new language, or engaging in interactive storytelling, there is still a lot left to be done. Imagine combining voice assistant capabilities alongside a teacher's lesson plans or quizzing students before a test like a study buddy or tutor would. As for the elderly population, use cases could range from using voice bots as a friendly companion or to proactively managing one's healthcare. While social robotics is not a new field, leveraging voice to sound more natural with people is a growing one. Integrating a plan of care with one's voice assistant could help save medical professionals from constantly calling or texting someone. There's also opportunity to explore how voice assistants can help doctors plan end-of-life conversations on more serious topics. 
As AI evolves and our voice technology does with it, I'm hopeful that its use cases will meet more needs of two large segments of our population. I think there's one missed opportunity in conversational AI, and I hear it every day. An assumption's been made, and I think it should be challenged. Pause for a moment and think. How many times have you heard the words realistic sounding text to speech in the conversational AI space? I'm going to hazard a guess. You heard it a lot, didn't you? Me too. I've been asking myself, why do we aim for realism with voices? Why is that the ultimate aim? To make synthetic voices that sound exactly like we do? That's the assumption that was made. That what people really need is to hear a voice that sounds exactly like another person. But why? Did we ever stop and think if that's what we should actually be making? Does it actually benefit anybody? In certain use cases, of course, the answer would be yes. For example, if someone has lost their voice, tech can now provide a solution. It could give them a replacement voice. And in that case, it probably should sound real. In serious situations where trust matters, like finance or legal, you want serious voices. You want a voice that people can trust. And of course, in entertainment, if synthetic voices are used, where the action is supposed to take place in a real world, then still, the suspension of disbelief needs to be maintained. Nothing destroys the illusion more than robotic acting, whether the actors are actually robots or not. But is it necessary for all scenarios? I think in some scenarios, it might be better to aim for an iconic voice instead of a realistic one. A lot of marketing and branding graphics are iconic rather than realistic. So why must the voice sound so real? Consider an example. If a brand had an avatar that looked like a cute little robot, then why should that avatar talk with a cold, serious and realistic voice? Why not? Like this. Admit it. You still understand me but suddenly your ears are tuned in to that interesting sound. It's got character. It evokes a personality. It wouldn't work for every brand, and that's a good thing. It differentiates. Most importantly, you're under no illusion that you're now listening to a real human being talking. There is clear fakery. And anyway, conversational designs aren't perfectly real. Often they exhibit more of a marketing angle than a real person would express. We can't really go off track. We can't talk about anything we want with a VUI. The experience is synthetic and purpose designed. So why aren't we aiming for voices that fit that? Voices that sound engagingly unreal. What do you think? Do my thoughts have merit?
Hi, my name is Shamla Prayaga and I am the product manager slash owner for Ford Motor Company, leading the conversational AI efforts for the autonomous digital assistant. And I'm also the founder of the Digital Assistant Academy, where we train and certify people for voice interaction and design. So the big question today is what are the missing opportunities in voice and what are the industries uh, that have underutilized uh, voice or have not taken the advantage so what i would like to say is automotive dealership is an industry where i have seen that uh, voice is not being used at all they're not using or leveraging uh, the opportunity which lies ahead of them uh, personally uh, once uh, in detroit when uh, we were planning to change our car we went to a dealership and this is one of the busiest dealerships so there was no salesperson uh, available to attend to us we kind of waited 30 40 minutes uh, to see if someone would attend to us and no one did that they were like okay if you purchase want to purchase a car just wait here uh, so out of frustration after uh, like 30 40 minutes we just left the space without uh, without talking to anyone so many people would do the same thing because well they have questions they want uh, uh, some inquiries uh, to be fulfilled uh, but if those questions are not answered uh, they will just leave and there's a huge opportunity for the dealership and they are missing out on selling the vehicles they may have potentially so I feel like uh, if dealerships uh, take advantage of voice, probably your kiosks uh, or, uh, you know, chatbots, uh, probably, which is voice enabled or, or a multimodal experience with a series of different ways uh, to interact. I feel like uh, that would be amazing because, well, people have so many questions about the model, the performance. Uh, they have questions about deals and discounts. They have questions about uh, just a basic comparison between the different vehicles and makes and model and how uh, you know they compare to the other vehicles or other brands and stuff like that and we keep asking all of these questions to the dealership uh, sales agents all the time so if voice can be used uh, for this kind of use case and in dealership segment I think that's going to boost up the sales a lot more for brands who are leveraging it Hi, I'm Roger Kibbe. I'm an overall voice industry evangelist. So the question is, what's an industry that has a massive opportunity in voice and hasn't taken advantage of that opportunity? And I'm going to say the music industry. At first, that seems crazy. I mean, the number one usage of voice assistance is controlling music playback. But I'm not talking about music playback. I'm really talking about beyond the music and getting to the individual artists and having them connect with their fans. Let's take Adele as an example. Adele just released a new song. Now, if I was Adele or Columbia Records, I would be creating an Adele voice experience. And in that Adele voice experience, I could hear interviews and snippets of conversations with Adele. Perhaps I could hear outtakes or special versions of her latest songs. Maybe that's behind a paywall. I could hear the latest news about Adele. I could hear about concert plans, etc., etc. Just more information to keep the passionate fan base engaged. Or how about when I buy a ticket to a concert? That ticket is represented by an NFT, and that NFT unlocks an interactive 
audio experience I can have with the musicians that I'm about to see or I just saw. What a cool combination of some really trending technologies together to really engage that passionate fan base. So whether it's having an interactive experience with the latest Adele song or Adele, or an interactive experience for the band I'm about to see in concert, there's a huge and massive opportunity to leverage voice to really engage that passionate fan base that music has always had. And I think the same thing applies to any place where there's a passionate fan base, which brings me to the other industry I wanna talk about quickly, which is sports. Another industry that has a passionate fan base. So why isn't there a Steph Curry voice experience? I could hear interviews with Steph Curry, uh, clips from those interviews, clips from the game announcers, insights into what's happening with him or the Warriors season, etc., etc. Another example of an industry, sports, where there's a passionate fan base. So if you have a passionate fan base, why are you creating voice experiences that let the fans interact and quote unquote talk to their favorite musician? their favorite sports star, etc., etc. Hi, I'm Supriya Pilkarni, a brand strategist, entrepreneur, and an ethics advocate. My approach to ethics, as well as to design, designing innovative solutions, is from a human-centered perspective. I believe that technology should benefit everyone and tech products or services should be designed in a way that match the needs of users with the possibilities of technology. Now because of the pandemic, technology has become central not only to how we pursue our daily activities but also to how we share our experiences and stories with others. I think voice-based interfaces have a huge opportunity to include groups or sections of society that may currently be unable to access certain products. For example, I like to use software like Adobe Illustrator, Photoshop and similar tools to design and create digital art. And I also use software like Keynote or PowerPoint to design templates, slides and other creative media that I may want to share with others. I think using voice technology to operate these kinds of software tools will enable many more people to be creative and share their stories, whether for personal reasons or for work. Now these could be people with certain types of impairments or disabilities. It could be people who are unable to use the computer keyboard or the laptop trackpad easily. Or for whatever reasons, they may not be able to hold the computer mouse properly or efficiently. Voice-powered or voice-enabled creative communication and presentation software tools could even be of help to children or to older users who may not want to learn the intricacies of a new software, but who may still want to create digital assets easily. So we are already using voice commands for composing text messages, emails, notes, Imagine if we could actually design a digital painting using only our voice or create an entire presentation deck or even build a complete website using only voice commands. Now those, I think, 
would be truly helpful and inclusive use cases for voice technology. Thank you. Hello everyone, it's Nick from VoiceSpark Live and all things Wonderword. One industry that I think has the potential but has also missed some opportunities in the world of voice is video games. Video games I think could benefit a great deal from uh, the voice industry. Imagine you're playing an RPG, I don't know, Final Fantasy 32 and you're driving to work and you're like, man, I really wanted to buy that potion, but I had to stop in order to go to work. Well, if you could dial up that uh, game or that skill and then make changes that would then be reflected whenever you got back home in order to play Final Fantasy 32, that would be awesome. And I think that's where it needs to go. From little things like that, from uh, or even making um, uh, microtransactions. Let's say you wanted to buy something within the game, you could do that and then have that uh, reflected on your uh, on your game whenever you return to it. The other thing I think is if you're sitting down and you're playing a game and you're into it, imagine dialing up a voice assistant and being like, um, "How much of this do I have in my inventory?" And with it being synced and it knowing who you are, uh, it being able to tell you an accurate estimate without you having to pause or go to a certain point in the game or do this, do that. It's those things like that that could really help out the video gaming industry. So that was the question of the month. I would like to thank Ahmed for having me on the simulcast. And uh, thank you and have a great day. Hello, my name is Emily, and I'm a conversation designer at Strategic Education, part of the Ethical Use Task Force at the Open Voice Network, and one of the hosts of Voice Spark Live. Today, I'm going to talk about missing opportunities in voice. There are many industries that are underutilizing voice, but one in particular that could have tons of potential is local politics. The turnout for local elections for positions such as mayor or city council is a lot lower than national elections, but they have such a big impact on everyday life. I think voice could be huge in this space. There are so many opportunities for voice to be integrated into the voting experience, such as finding polling locations, learning about candidates and ballot issues, and even getting prepared to vote. Individual candidates in particular could have massive opportunities to promote themselves and their values to their constituents. Imagine if a candidate built an interactive voice bot in their own voice that their constituents could talk to and ask questions. It could make people feel like they're really getting to know the people running for office and learn about their stances on the issues, what's important to them, and what they're going to fight for. Of course, there are potential issues in terms of ethics here. Candidates could possibly modify and use other candidates' voices against them. So there would need to be strict standards and guidelines in place, as well as rigorous auditing and monitoring to make sure this doesn't happen. But I still think the potential is there and it could be really huge if it's done the right way.
Hello everyone, my name is Leo Grebler and here are my thoughts. We're still early in the voice revolution. If we're comparing this to the web, we're still in voice 1.0 and there are many untapped opportunities ahead of us. From a user interface perspective, right now we're only using one flat component of voice, speech transcription. After detecting a wake word, we're encoding our voice into text and then machines have to detect the meaning and sentiment of what we're saying from this text. However, this only accounts for a tiny portion of what we're actually saying. The big opportunity is to decode the other parts of our communication, how we're inflecting our words, our rate of speech, the emotion in our tone. All of these things combined with what we did before we made our request to a voice-first device should inform the decision that the machine makes. Other U opportunities, um, especially in UI, involve the use of gesture, gaze, facial emotion detection to trigger and inform the decisions of the machine. From the application side, there, there's still an immense opportunity for voice in entertainment and medical spaces. On the entertainment side, it's the combination of emotion detection, user recognition, and multimodal interaction that can create new narratives that are very exciting and engaging. On the medical side, there's a really big opportunity to include vocal analysis to look for fatigue and disease. This is really just the beginning. Lots to look forward to. Thanks, everyone. Hi, it's Audrey Arbini, founder and CEO of AudioBrain. First, I want to talk about the opportunities that I feel that are missed, and then I want to talk about specific industry. To me, the biggest opportunity right now that to me is being missed is in accessibility. I think that there are so many things that we could do more for people who need accessible products, and yet the technology is there and some of it's being done, but nowhere near what we could do. I think that seniors, veterans, homebound children, I think the deaf, the blind, people with multiple uh, disabilities can really benefit from this, and I don't think enough focus is being placed on it, which leads me to my industry, which is the healthcare industry. The healthcare industry needs to lead this and can do so much. I recently wrote a chapter for a book on uh, the voice in wearables, and I was so surprised how many of them did not really have it. And some had it incredibly well. So we know we could do it. We just have to get our game down and really focus on this because I think healthcare is going to be one of the biggest growth industries over the next couple of years. Thank you. Hello, this is Ahmed Buzi from Witlingo. And uh, I'm going to answer this month's question in what I think will be taken as uh, perhaps a, a, an interesting way, maybe. Uh, but uh, instead of thinking of use cases as such, um, that are missing. I think what at meta level, what is it? What is interesting is that we are going to see a shift in focus from um, from the UX designer as being central to 
the creation of new value to the UX researcher and the product manager. Let me explain myself. So um, somebody who wants to take say a website and turn it into a mobile app um, or make it um, responsive on a smartphone, uh, that is a, I would say, that's a, uh, a design challenge. Um, they have to understand uh, what makes the, for example, the laptop, um, the laptop a medium uh, to design for when you have a large surface versus say smartphone when you have a smaller surface. So it's a design, it's a design matter um, to make things work on the smartphone. But I think in the case of the of pure voice and pure audio, and it applies to multimodal as well. So let's focus on on pure voice and pure audio. I think the challenge there is not uh, a UX challenge, meaning um, it's not taking something that is or the most interesting uh, opportunity is not in translating say a website or mobile app into its so-called voice equivalent. I think the interesting opportunity here is uh, is is the discovery uh, of use cases where voice and audio are the best way of, uh, of delivering value or solving a problem, the problem that the use case presents, uh, and discovering those use cases where um, where the, or the, the visual and tactile are the poor uh, a poor man's version of what the audio delivers. Um, so I think. That's where um, I think there's an opportunity for something interesting to happen, which is to start looking for use cases and make that the central activity um, of an organization that has customers uh, and that has partners and so on and wants to deliver interesting experiences uh, that reflect its brand, needs to go and find new use cases as opposed to um, repurpose the current use cases, which are all about audio uh, uh, sort of all about visual and tactile um, and then repurpose them. So I think that's the opportunity. Um, again, this is Ahmed Bouzid from Klingo. Thank you.